So today's guest has been live on the air, on radio, in every time zone in the continental U.S. Kind of cool. Lots of technical skills, music skills, programming skills, skills putting it together. We are going to look at the building of a radio career today. And of course, we're going to ask to hear our guest's perspective on growing radio, his career, and your career now. To enjoy any of our episodes, you only need to be interested in others and want to grab some thoughts and wisdom about how others are being successful in radio right now. Welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. What you're about to hear will be focused on lifting you up, giving you good advice, hearing the stories of an amazing radio pro right now, and uncovering the path forward in radio today. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. We provide affordable help for local broadcasters looking to make more money. Pretty simple. We are a branding specialist who help our local radio clients fully develop the right position for the local radio market, coach local morning talents and other talents, design and execute station architecture, provide weekly music updates, and even produce daily music logs if you need it, provide excellent voice trackers, sales and promotional ideas that move the revenue needle, and a lot more. We're confidential and market exclusive for radio. If you have a problem that's getting in the way of that next level revenue for you, reach out anytime, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. We are only about a minute or two away from talking with Jeff Haber, who's the program director, afternoon talent on Magic FM, Cumulus Media in Colorado Springs, Colorado. See our full guest calendar all the way through December on our free blog section at RainmakerPathway.com. And of course, we don't lock away anything on our site the way some other consultants do. Go to RainmakerPathway.com anytime and see what you can get for free from our team. Now, listen up. New York, Los Angeles, Baton Rouge, Colorado, and so much more. Want to travel, but stay in one seat? Well, this episode is definitely for you. Jeff, welcome to the Encouragers and the Radio Rally. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Lloyd? I'm doing pretty good. Listen, uh, college for you. Let's start right there. Ithaca College, Bachelor of Arts in Journalism. What were you after during your, let's call them your college years, uh, and what do you think you got out of that experience? So, I mean, I went to school for print journalism, but I really didn't get anything out of my college experience. And this is kind of like weird because I'm such a positive person, but this first answer is going to be like a bit of a Debbie Downer. Um, my, when I was in college, my dad passed away. So I didn't have oh, the no. normal college. Ex- yeah, I didn't have the normal college experience of like, you know, Animal House, Van Wilder, Van Wilder. You know, it wasn't partying. It was it was not, you know, while all my friends were playing beer pong. I was not in the mood to do any of that. And so I, I didn't really get a whole lot from my college experience. And I, I got if I got anything out of college, it was the fact that I was able to get internships while I was in college. I got more out of my internships while I was in college than I did have the actual classes. And don't get me wrong. I, I love journalism. I'm a big nerd about it. I will watch every journalism movie in theaters and I, I enjoyed my classes. But okay. um, 
but it it I went I wasn't gonna ever do print journalism. It wasn't something I wanted to do in my career. And once I did my first internship in radio, it was like this is what I want to do. All right, so uh, that is what I want to talk to you about. Let's go back to the beginning. Where does the story <laughs> of you and radio start? So it kind of starts just like when I was a kid, me and my dad would listen to radio on the way to school and on the way home from school. We'd listen to sports radio on the way to school, and then we would listen to cl the classic rock station Q1043 on the way home. And, you know, we, we had this little game where every time the Rolling Stones played, the first one to say Stones got a point. And uh, we had this like running tally and, and, and I was that kid where after school, I would be doing my homework in my room with a radio stereo and I would listen and they would say, all right, be caller 100 to win tickets for Eric Clapton or wait for the Eric Clapton song and see him at Madison Square Garden. I would try to call in thinking I would win and never did. But mm. I was that I was that kid who totally bought into everything in radio. And I just, I thought the DJs were the coolest per people in the world. And uh, I thought they were celebrities. So that's kind of how I, you know, that's kind of like my start in radio. Um, I mean, when I, I did my first internship, if you want to know about that, I, I was just after my freshman year of Ithaca college, I had done, I had been at my college radio station. I tried that out. And then I got an internship with clear channel in New York city and I met Tom Pullman there and I was able to actually intern for Ken Dashow at Q1043 afternoons. The guy I listened to every day on the way home from school, who I thought was this big celebrity, I got to intern for him and I got to learn from him and Eric Wellman, uh, the PD at Q. And I just like soaked everything up. I became, I caught the radio bug as they say. And uh, I just, I just fell in love with it. And after that was like one of the best summers of my life. Um, I got to see Paul Ringo and uh, Paul, Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr perform together. Like, I got to see the Beatles live. Like, how how incredible is that? So it was just one of the best summers, and I really was just like, man, I love radio. This is what I want to do in my career. And, Jeff, this is really interesting because I feel like there's a lot of pressure on real producers in our business or any business. So I looked at the beginning of your radio career and at different points, you are a producer. Did you feel like your job in the beginning was all about making others look good? I mean, it is, but that's not necessarily why I did it. I felt like, I think, so my first job in radio after the internships was a uh, board op and then producer for, uh, K big 104.3 my FM in Los Angeles. And I was the afternoon show producer for Dave styles. And yeah, my job 100% was to make him sound as best as I can. And, but I took a lot of pride in that because if I made him a prep sheet and he only used one thing off that prep sheet for a break, well, I was like, Hey, I, I made that happen. And I'm like, yeah. I took pride in it. And it was this kind of cool thing. And I took a lot of pride in the fact that, and I want to give, Andrew Jeffries, a lot of credit and Brandon Bell over there because they were the ones who kind of instilled that pride in me. We were the number one station six plus. We were the number one station in women. We dominated. We beat the legendary Kiss FM and K-Rock. And so, you know, the stations that you know about growing up and we were beating them and you, we they made it a big point. And I, I think I just took so much pride in the fact that I worked for the number one station and I worked for the number one afternoon show. And did I have, am I any part of that reasoning for why we're number one? Absolutely not. I'm probably 
0.000001% of why that station was number one. But you know what? That was enough to make me feel like, to, to give me pride and be like, yeah, like, let, let's, let's continue to be number one and let me help make that happen. Well, look, you say that, but I'm, I'm going to say this. This shows up in your career resume all the time. You are a person who looks at the details. You are a person who has pride and a job well done. You certainly have a wide variety of experience in music direction and uh, uh, what looks like a lot of programming related to special projects. When you were doing things with the old Clear Channel and iHeart then, totally different experiences, I'm sure. Did you have a goal in mind for your career? I think goals are kind of interesting because my goal now is a lot different than my goal back then. And I think goals are also different than dream jobs. Because I'll tell you this right now, dream job to be on air or be PD of Z100 or KISS FM. Right, right now. Is it right now? Like if if if... I, is it is it realistic? Probably not. Is it impossible? Also, probably not. But back then, when I was first starting out, I was just I just wanted to be a PD anywhere. It, it, I didn't care where. And when I it was definitely like my first year of being at iHeart LA, where I was like, okay, this is what I want to do because I got to learn from the best of the best over there. And yeah. when I was over there, and when I was over there. I learned after a year being a, that like, oh, this is what I want to do. But no one's going to hire me after just being a year of a producer producing like, oh, they, not, now you're going to go be a PD. Like I knew I had to like wait out my time and, and take a few years to learn as much as I could from all those people over there. And so that was kind of like my goal when I was in Los Angeles was let me try to be a PD somewhere and, and let me try to learn as much as I can at the time. Even though you're having these experiences in these major, 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 major markets, mm -hmm. you're like, I, I just want to go back over this one more time. You're like, I just want to be a PD anywhere. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I, just, I, I wanted to run my own station. Like, I, yeah. I, and, and like, this is, this is so weird, but like, I got to be a part of music meetings on, on my FM. And there's like three or four of us in the room and we're deciding what songs are moving up, what songs are adding, what songs are getting dropping. And we're going over research and everything. And I'm, I'm like a baseball nerd. Like I love statistics. So like I'm eating all this up. I love all this stuff. And they would every now and then ask me like, you know, Hey, what song should we add? And I, and, and I'm just a fly on the wall. And now all of a sudden I'm giving input to the top station, the number two market. Yeah. My opinions matter is a whole different story, but I was like, this is what I want to do, but for my own station, I want to be able to pick the songs. I want to be able to push the artists that I love, good people in the world who deserve to have success. And I wanted to be able to also make listeners happy, like be able to create contests and create events that are gonna that's gonna bring joy to a listener's life. And I got to see people in LA do that all the time with all the events that they put on, you know, all yeah. the summer camp and you know, my big night out, these these events that and I'm like, I want to do this for for like my station, my people. Yeah, that's right. All right. Now, look, because you mentioned music and nerd in the same sentence, you get a um, I don't know what you call this. Maybe it's self-promotion. I don't know. But Jeff, you should definitely go back in our archive to our episode where we talked to Guy Zapolian and he broke down how to do music. Ah, uh, that that's great. I, Guy is a legend. It is crushing, as as you will know when you go through it. It's like he gave a PhD 
uh, level kind of deal for anybody who wants to listen to it. It's in our podcast app archives. So, okay, here is an important question, especially for somebody like you, because I think I know the answer to this, but I really don't. You don't when you first meet somebody, you start to get to know them. Okay, introvert, extrovert, which are you? Definitely extrovert. Definitely. I mean, I'm an introvert moments, but I love being in front of people. I love meeting listeners. Um, I have such a blast. We, we're, we're hosting a Taylor Swift album release party on Thursday. And every single one of the callers that we get, the only way in is to win on Magic. And so every single person who calls in, I'm just like, oh, I can't wait to meet you. Like, I can't wait to see you and get to know you and talk to you. And so I'm definitely more of an extrovert. I love that you're about the experience that they're having. You know, we're not having a conversation about ratings or about, you know, pressure. We're having a conversation about experiences that Jeff wants to give to people who are listening to the radio. Mm -hmm, definitely. Dude, it's this is that. so much fun. It, it, Cause you know what it is? It's about the, the, this is about 14 year old Jeff who's in his bedroom trying to win Eric Clapton tickets. And yeah. if he won those, he would be the happiest person in the world because that's the only concert he gets to go to. That's the only event he's going to get to go to all year. And that's that's what I keep thinking. Like when we work in radio, we go to shows all the time, right? But not to listeners. So I'm going to tell you something else too. That we're doing, that's their big night out for the entire year, for their yeah, the entire fall. At, at radio, I think we forget what those experiences are like. We forget what it's like to be that far away from an experience that we might take for granted, right? Definitely. 100%. All right. So I got to ask what goes on. Uh, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong here anywhere, but I'm just going to kind of blah, say it all. What goes Go on? For it. Ithaca, New York, Los Angeles. Now, to be fair, I see you in New York as a freelance writer. We talked about that privately for a little bit. Then on my FM in Los Angeles as an intern. Oh, and you produced a show on KBIG and uh, I'll just keep throwing things in Playboy oh, Radio. Boy. Take us through some of these things. If you want to help us understand your thinking, how you crafted where you're going, especially New York and Los Angeles, because I think a lot of people look at those as beacon markets that are like almost unattainable for most people. What? was your goal when you originally moved to LA? Cause that's a big move. I mean, my goal was, my goal was, let's see if I can make a career out of radio. That, okay. that was my mindset. And I want to give a big shout out to my mom because that doesn't happen without her. That doesn't happen without her letting me go out there. That doesn't help happen without her supporting me with this goal, moving across the country to work a part-time job. And then Playboy Radio was just another part-time job to help pay the rent. And, you know, I worked for Big Boy, too. Um, I, I, I was a referee for, like, youth flag football and Little League and soccer yeah. just to make ends meet. Um, I, you know, when I was at Ultimate Athlete in New York, I mean, that was before I went out to L.A., but that was the same thing. Like, that's my beer money at the end of the week, right? That's right. I'm making a few hundred bucks a month writing a few articles about sports on Long Island. So and wait, I don't think and they wait. exist anymore either. You're also a, a journalism uh, uh, nerd. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. So that appeals to you too, right? The journalism side of you. Yeah. I love journalism. I I, I enjoyed doing it. I'm, I was good at it. 
but I didn't like, I did an internship right before I went to college, the summer before college, right? Last summer before college and I'm, I'm doing an internship and I realized that this just print journalism, being a reporter, being on 24 seven is not for me. Mm. Um, so then I went to college and I remembered it was like a parent, it was like a parent student weekend and they did tours and, uh, my dad and my mom were with me and we did a tour of the communications building at Ithaca college. And we would pass by the college radio station. My dad was like, you should do that. You'd have so much fun. So once, once that happened, and then once I did the internship for Q, then it was like, Oh, forget print journalism. I want to do radio. This is way more fun. <laughs> All right. So, so listen, your dad, your mom, I can almost hear the emotion and the, just the uh, it's so admirable just the feeling do you think that your dad looks down on you and is proud of the direction that you went and and your risk taking too i uh well i sure hope so um yeah. no i you know i think i think my dad would be proud of me um i hope so one of the i'll tell you this is like this story still kind of gets me every time the last conversation i had with him when i was in los angeles i was an intern I was, while I was an intern in LA, um, you know, I had a bad experience with my college radio station, WICB. I wanted to do so much more for them. I had so many ideas from my internship. I wanted to apply to the station and mm. they were pretty much like, you can't do that. You're not on exec staff. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, then I'm going to go across the street to the public radio station, WVBR, where a bunch of Cornell kids worked and I'm going to go work for them. I'm going to do nights and then afternoons and middays and, um, I'm going to do as many shifts as I want. And I was also music director. So when I, when I went, my school did a semester abroad, but it wasn't abroad. It was in Los Angeles. So well, that's abroad, LA, sort my, of. <laughs> way different than New York. Yeah. So I went to, I went, so I went to LA and I interned for uh, clear channel at the time, Valentine in the morning. And while I did that, they let me essentially track, my show for WVBR, which is like in my head, I'm like, wow, this is, I'm a professional radio DJ. I'm tracking. That's what all the DJs do. Yeah. Right. And, uh, I remember being in like such a good mood coming home and calling my dad and being like, I just tracked my first radio show. Like I'm a professional now. And, uh, he, he told me that he was proud of me. He told me that he loved me. And that was the last conversation I had with him. <gasps> and, uh, oh my. It, it's, I consider myself so lucky that that was the last conversation I got to have with him. Cause that's and not look, everyone gets to have that. I love you talk. Uh, I'm proud of you talk as a last conversation with the parent. Oh my God. And especially men, right? Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. cause we gotta be men. You know how that goes. <laughs> Definitely. So listen, I know right now that your dad is proud of you. You can tell just by that story right there. Look, I also noticed that you are, unafraid, or at least you appear to be unafraid to be in the radio industry or do something different. You are what I classify as a doer. Do you feel all these experiences benefit you and your current role today? 100%. I learn by doing. I took Spanish for six years. The only word I know is baño. I lived in Mexico for three months and I was able, and I, I knew more from my three months in Mexico than six years in Spanish because I didn't learn, I didn't use Spanish on a daily basis for six years. And right. then once I had to use it every day for three months, then I started 
clicking and then i started uh the, you know then then i started learning spanish so i think any experience you learn by doing it and it is why to it's so good to start in a small market because my first pd gig was in reading market 200 something so i could mm -hmm. totally mess up and it not matter and i'm so lucky i got to do that because i messed up a lot you know and and because when you do anything for the first time you're gonna you're gonna have issues so i i very much learn by doing but i also i also think it's not just that i learn from doing but i make sure i learn from people and i've been everywhere i've been you know i've been in four different time zones at, at four different stations and i've learned from people at every station i've been to i got yes. to learn when i was in la from the best of the best dave styles valentine i got to learn from andrew jeffries and brandon bell michael lacrosse when he was at coast uh my mike kaplan who built the wheel oh. and took down k-rock on alt like i got to learn from big boy i got to learn yeah. so many uh, like literally the best of the best and then i went to red in california and i got to learn learn from dave shakes who i know a lot of people have worked with and yeah dave's great he, dude dude to me is a legend i got to learn from him and then I went to Louisiana and I, I know you just interviewed Jody. Uh, and uh, I, I got to learn from my boss, Bob Murphy and Jeremy Porcine and Austin James and Brittany Tully, all the people there who I got to work with on a daily basis. And then I go to BLI and I get a call from Al Levine, who I grew up listening to. And now Al Levine was, you know, I worked at BLI for six months. Al Levine was air checking me. So I learned a lot from him and I learned a lot from their OM, Chris, uh, who, uh, just the way he spoke to us, to, to his employees on BLI was just, I learned a lot from him from just the way he presented himself. And I, I'm in, I've been in Colorado for about two months and I, I actually had a conversation with my boss. He heard a remote promo I did and he was like, that was awful. Why'd you do it that way? I'm like, what are you talking about? I've been doing remote promos for, for my entire career. What are you talking about? He's like, well, what if you do it this way instead? And I was like, oh all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I, I just learned something new for something I've been doing for so long. So as much as I learn by doing, I learn from people. You can't, you can't, you can't possibly think outside the box and think differently if you've only been in one spot learning from one station, one company, one person. I've worked at, for iHeart, Cumulus, Cox Media. Uh, I've had a lot of conversation with people at Odyssey and I learned from all different types of people all across the country. Um, and, and that's really, I think, where my experience comes from. The only thing that I could even remotely think might make this conversation better is to add, I wonder if this is true for you too. When I program radio stations, one of the things that you think about when you think about a programmer is here's a person who knows all you know, they're the director of what's going on. I learned from people on every staff I ever worked on. True for you too? Yeah. I learned, I, 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 I even, I even hear my night jock do a break and I'm like, oh, that is such a good break. I'm going to steal that for 5 PM. That, that break doesn't belong at 1030 at night. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's great. I, I, you know? All right. So did I read this correctly? Now here's where we get really wild and wide open. Were you a case investigator with staffing solutions? What what was this about? So I'll tell you the story. So when I was at 
when I got to Baton Rouge, so my radio career trajectory was four years in LA, year and a half in Reading, uh, and then a little less than a year and a half in Baton Rouge and New Orleans. And when I was in Baton Rouge and New Orleans, I was working for iHeart, and I was just starting to love Louisiana, the food, the people. I had all these plans for what I wanted to do for WFMF for the my year two there. Yeah. And then I know you're in Louisiana. I know you're an LSU fan. You remember going 19 and 0. You remember the 2019 national championship where Joe Burrow goes undefeated. I do indeed. I remember I was watching that game with some of my closest friends down there, having a blast in the best mood of my life. I go into work the next day. I'm doing the best radio of my life. And in the middle of my show, I get called into my boss's office and I was one of the first people riffed from iHeart in January of 2020. Wait, wait, wait. In the middle of your show? Middle of my show. Dude. And, uh, and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it because I'm like, I did everything they asked me to. I got incredible, the, the highest ratings they had seen in years. And I had mm. done everything they asked. They, 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 I remember there was a CHR call where they were like, you got to get local YouTubers to be on your show and count down the top five songs. And I'm like, yeah, that's what to do in LA and New York. But what YouTubers do we have in Louisiana? And I remember like a two weeks later, I got an email. Hey, I just got 300,000 followers on TikTok. Can I come and be on your show? This is TikTok, by the way, before the pandemic. Yeah, so right. it wasn't really that big. And I was like, you know what? Sure. Nobody knows who you are. No one knows really what TikTok is, but come on, be on my show. This is what iHeart wants. And I'm going to create a podcast because this is what iHeart wants. That person ended up being Addison Ray, who's from Lafayette, and she's now the biggest <laughs> TikToker in the world. But right. the point I'm trying to make is I, I did everything they asked me to. All the little details, all the little things they asked me to that I didn't want to do, I did. And I couldn't understand why I got let go. And when I got let go, I was, I went through this crazy depression because you know how you're told like, oh, the person you are on air, that's who you should be in real life. Like the person you are at a dinner party or the person you are at a party or with friends, that's who you should be on air. Yeah. For me, at some point it flipped. The person who I was on air, that's who I was around friends. So I didn't know how to act around friends because I wasn't on air anymore. I wasn't the radio guy that they knew and that they would listen to every afternoon. And I just, I felt like a lot, I, I, I felt like I couldn't get a job. I felt like I was worthless. And I, I just had a buddy oh. who let go recently and we had the same conversation. Like you just completely lose your identity and you start thinking about like, what could have I done differently? Right. And at the end, at the end of the day, it took me like a year to figure this out, but like, it wasn't my boss's fault. It wasn't Bob Murphy's fault. I was a number on an Excel document and there's nothing he could have done. And yes. it took me a year to kind of come to terms with that. So I was, I went through this like pretty bad depression. I moved back to New York. I don't like living in New York. I'm living with my mom and I don't have a job. And it's just like all this like stuff was just getting to me. And I, I kind of came to a point where it was like five months of just being, not having a job. The pandemic had start, had just started like in March, right? So this is like May. And I'm like, all right, if I don't work in radio, what, what do you do instead? Like right. I had to have a serious inner conversation of what, what do I, can I be happy if I don't work in radio? And the conclusion I came was, 
Yes, I can. That I'm proud of what I've done in radio. I've done everything I want to do. I've made my listeners happy. I got incredibly high ratings. I've made a ton of friends in the radio community that aren't going anywhere. I, I got to interview three of my top five favorite artists and on some of those occasions become actual friends with them. Like I, mm. I got to live the dream. I got to see shows front row, some of the biggest legends. I, I've, I, I've done everything I've ever wanted to in radio. If I don't work another day, and this still stands true to this day, if I don't work another day radio, if Bobby Irwin comes in this room and fires me right now, I can say, you know what? I'm proud of what I've done in my career. And I needed something new. And the pandemic was in full effect. And New York State Department of Health was looking for contact tracers, which are the people who you call and say, hey, you've come into contact with someone who's tested positive. You need a quarantine for 10 days. This was back then. Wait, this is what you did. This is what I did for for a period of time. And I it was my responsibility to essentially give bad news, but put a positive spin on it and try to relate to people. Sounds just like an on-air jock, right? How'd you do? I, I loved it. I loved it. I, I loved my boss. I loved the people I worked with. You know what I loved most of all, though? I, I got to work from home. And as long as I had Wi-Fi, that's all I needed. Yeah. So I did it for... And I and for six months, I did it at home in New York. And then I got stir crazy, fed up, just living at home, not being able to go anywhere. And I said, you know what? Screw it. Booked a flight, a one way flight to Mexico. I had I took a few days off. I'm like, let me see if I can go work from a small surf town in Mexico, Puerto Escondido. And I got down there, found a coffee shop with strong Wi-Fi. And I just worked from there for the next three months. And. I, I did it until I felt like it was time to come home, which was pretty much when my passport was about to expire. I feel like you were best, melting my mind a little bit with some it of this. Was, it was the best experience. It, it's I'm never, never going to get that experience again. And, right? And it was probably one of the best three months of my life. And I... It was just an experience that I'm never going to get in radio, and I just took advantage of it. And... At some point, they promoted me to case investigator, which was I'm now calling the people who test positive, and I have to take down a list of all the people they've been in contact with. And I did this for about, I don't know, two years or so. Yeah. And I loved working on radio, but that job was just, it was fun. I got to talk with people on a daily basis, people who were alone in their rooms for 10 days at a time. Yeah. <laughs> You're real connective like that. Here's a quote about you. Quote, Jeff is one of those hard to find people that possesses an honest love for radio, a passion for creative content, and an authentic work ethic to make sure every detail is done right. So here's the question. Are you a detail-oriented person? If so, how do you balance that with being creative? Um, I'm very detailed. Uh, Andrew Jeffrey has instilled that in me very early on at MyFM. It was pay attention to the details, and it's something that I think every program director needs to be able to do. Yes. And uh, I just had this conversation with my promotions director because like, there was you know, just the littlest things if they're done right, they make the world a difference. And when I got to Reading, the station I was there was a legacy CHR, and they had a brand new CHR competitor on the market. And all it needed, I called it, was a fresh coat of paint, where you yep. tweak a little 
of a, a few little things. You just pay close attention to the detail. You make sure the station is segged up. The imaging is on point. You just you make sure every little thing is paid attention to. And we got the highest ratings it had seen as far back as I could look at Nielsen. Went to yeah. my, um, went, went to WFMF in Baton Rouge. Same thing. It's the only CHR in the market. Got it, its highest ratings just from doing the same thing. I'm hoping to do that here in Colorado Springs. And so it's just paying close attention to the details. It's incredibly important. Now, I also am creative because I'm an on-air jock. I have to be creative. I have to think of creative ways to, you know, we need to create contests that our listeners are going to care about. We need to think of good breaks to talk about on air. So it's kind of like I always think of it like baseball. You have your sabermetric stats, your advanced statistics, and they tell you, oh, based off of advanced sabermetrics, you should hit it here and you should do this and not swing at the first pitch. And then you have coaches who are like, you know what, man? See the ball, hit the ball. And you kind of have to do a little of both to be successful. So see the ball and hit the ball. Mm -hmm. I like it. Look, if you could go back and give the younger you advice, now listen closely, or give <laughs> give advice to others listening now, either, you know, on our podcast, you don't know when they're going to pull it up. They could pull it up in our archive a year from now, or they could hear it uh, tonight. Uh, these people wanting to follow in your footsteps, to be in radio, to connect with an audience, what would you give them as advice? Uh, a few pieces of advice here. The first one I would say is make sure you make sure you work in as many companies, as many markets as you can go to market 200. You're going to hate it. You're going to hate your life for a year. I hated every second I was in Redding, California, but I needed to go there. It was, it was incredibly important. Um, and just having different experiences. If I wasn't at BLI, I would have never just focused on my on aircraft. I was always busy doing the PD and on air, but at right. BLI, I could just focus on being on air. And I felt like I became a much better jock because of it. Um, but if you stay in one market, like I think about this situation, imagine you're an intern for a station and then you get hired as a board op producer, and then you get hired to be on air weekends and overnights and you're learning, and you're learning from the same PD who's been there and they're running this station. And then that PD leaves and who are they going to hire? But they hire you. Cause you've been here learning from that PD Well, you're going to do things the exact same way as the PD before you, because that's the only way you know how to do things was the way the PD before you knew how to do it. And that's not experience. So right. you've got to go to the middle of nowhere and get that experience and really put your hands in the dirt and, and, and make mistakes. I was terrible as a PD in Reading. I did not know how to work with sales. I didn't know how to work with employees. I didn't know how to be a boss. I knew all the, I knew how to schedule a log. I knew how to, I knew, I knew everything about music. I knew everything about a remote. I knew everything about radio. Didn't know how to be, how to work with people. And mm. that, in that instance, I was not successful as a PD, but I needed that experience because guess what? When I went to Baton Rouge, I had seven or eight endorsements at a time because I did nonstop work with sales and I loved it. I loved the sales staff down, down there. Um, so you need to have that experience of being in different places. The second piece of advice I would give is the same advice that Ken Dashow and Eric Wellman gave me when I interned. <laughs> You're going to love this, Lloyd. <laughs> I, last day of my internship, I go, all right, can you guys give me advice for working in radio, making a career out of it? And Ken goes, yeah, don't work in radio. Wow. <laughs> and I laughed. I laughed. That's a funny joke, Ken. He's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm serious. There's no money and there's no jobs. Don't do it. 
And right. 10 years later, 12 years later, actually, I'm like, if I get someone who comes up to me, it's like, yeah, I want to work in radio. I'm like, don't do it. There's no jobs. There's no job security. You could get let go at any moment. It doesn't right. matter if you're a morning show that's syndicated or a PD with amazing ratings. There, there's just no job security. So, and there's not a ton of money unless you're that morning show talent that's syndicated in 20 markets. And then, do you know how much work that that is? 50 markets. I know, dude, I know so many jocks who are like, oh, yeah, I'm on air in 10 markets. And they're just drained at the end of every week from doing 10 right. different shows. So if you really, but if you ignore that, like I did my other, my last piece of advice would be, and this isn't just advice. This is advice for anybody. But, um, when I got let go, I kind I don't know who said this, but I, maybe, maybe I just made it up, but I felt like people would look at me as a failure Mm. because I, I lost my job. I was convinced I was a failure. And I had to kind of train my head to thinking that success is not defined by how good you are in your career. It's not defined by what market you're in, how many stations you're on, how many followers you have, what your ratings are. Success is not defined by how good you are in your career. Success is defined by how happy you are in life. Hmm. You're not happy doing what you're doing. You are not successful. Are you happy? All that matters in life is being happy. You know I got to ask, are you happy? I am so happy. I I I love... I love working here in Colorado Springs. I love the area. I love that I get to work in radio. You know, when I was at BLI and I was just on air, there were moments where I'm like, oh, I miss being a PD. But now I'm back being a PD and I probably put in 60 hours a week, but it's because I want it. Like, uh, I could glad. easily just work nine to five and go home, but like, I have fun here. So I have no problem working extra, working all this extra hour and working from home with my dog on my lap. like. Well, I'm glad that you said that you're happy because it brings us to the toughest questions. I have two questions for you here. There are two final questions for you. This is the ugliest one right here. Here we go. Who is Oakley and what does he listen to while you are on the air? Oakley is my dog. Uh, (laughs) Oakley is my dog. He doesn't listen to, he doesn't know I'm on the air. Like I used to put the radio on for him when I, when he would be home alone and uh, I'd be like, you know, I, I, and I like would have the Nest Cam set up to see if he would react every time I did a break. Never did. Never did. Nothing. Nothing. Oh. Uh, I even did a break where I tried talking to him and I was like, yeah. you want a treat? You want to go outside? Oakley, come here, boy. No, <gasps> nothing. <laughs> Just background to him. Nothing. That's just wrong. Have you talked to him about it? Are you in therapy? Is he in therapy? <laughs> no, no, no. He's a he's a he's a good boy. He's just happy to see me whenever I get home. So there you go. All right. So look, in your opinion, we always ask this of our guest. It's the toughest question. It really is the toughest question because nobody really knows the real answer. But we're always interested in everyone's thoughts on it. Where is radio headed? What is the future of radio, according to Jeff? You know, I really don't know. That that and that that's just the honest truth. I think one day we might get to a point where radio DJs don't exist, and every DJ is just some YouTuber or TikToker with a bazillion followers. Um, and then they learn to do radio. That could very well be it. I hope that never happens. Um, you know the future of radio could easily be that it's just 
it's like Sirius XM. You have one top 40 station. That's the station for every market in the, in the country. I would, I don't know. I don't know where it's going. I hope it's not. I've talked to my boss about bringing back some old school, fun radio bits. What was he saying? Radio contests. And, uh, just because they're fun to do and they bring excitement and energy. And I think people look at radio as if it's this thing in the background while they drive, but I really don't think that's the case. I really think the people who listen to radio, they, I think they still love the crazy parts about it. And I think we need to kind of bring that back. It's hard to do. It's not even. No, Jeff, I describe that another way. I say that in a lot of markets, radio listeners haven't experienced the kind the radio experience in a long time what they experience is background what they experience is kind of the lowest common denominator but not something that's going to get their attention that's interesting right because you wonder what would that be like for them yeah what i will say this is i think the way radio is heading in terms of like within our industry i see this a lot more recently than i have in the past but i see i think more positivity and more jocks having each other's backs yes like i want to give a big shout out to one of my good friends sean strife we were both we were both in board ops and producers in la at the same time and then he went to cedar rapids iowa and i went to redding california three months later both 200 market then I went to Baton Rouge, Market 75, and he went to Madison, Wisconsin, Market 77, around the same time. And then I got laid off, and then he went to Detroit. And I've never been so proud of that dude. Like, I, I am so happy he's there. He's killing it. It's not the end of his journey. He's got so much more work to do. But I am so happy that he's there. And you know what he does that I absolutely love? Whenever one of his friends in radio do, does something awesome, he posts about it. He's like, nice. yeah, way to go. And we need more of that. We need more of that because I think too many people go on all access and be like, I used to do this when I didn't have a job. I would do this all the time. I would go on all access and read a headline that somebody gets this job. And I'm be like, well, what the hell? Why'd they get in and not me? That's not oh. fair. I'm better than them than that. And we got to get rid of that mindset. And we got to be yes. like, you know what, dude, congrats. You deserve it. I'm going to get the next one though. I'm glad you said that. A lot of what you said today fits in with the reason that we started this podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage radio pros at all levels. So everything that you've said on this podcast, God, dude, it's worth listening to five times. Jeff, I want to thank you for being our guest today. Hey, thanks for having me, Lloyd. This was so much fun. And, uh, uh, and, and go Tigers. Go tie. Yeah, that's exactly right. Listen, get more free resources to help your sellers with our encouraging sales success series inside the free blog at rainmakerpathway.com anytime, 24 seven. And uh, we're here to encourage radio pros at all levels. Just like I said, subscribe anytime to the encouragers, the radio rally podcast on Apple, audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast, listen to our episodes in our large and growing archive. 
and new fresh episodes every Monday night. We do this for you, and I promise you'll be encouraged. You'll learn unexpected and valuable things from every single guest because our guests are truly great. Remember, if you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, email me. It's so simple, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. We hope you have a great week, like we say at Rainmaker Pathway and on the Radio Rally. Once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. Want to know what I mean by that? Call me up. I'd be glad to share it with you. We want to thank our special guest in this event and podcast episode, Jeff Aber. And look, Jeff is in Colorado Springs of all places, uh, the whole Rocky Mountain High thing. I'm sure he's experiencing some of that. Uh, but he was such a patient and giving guest for us. Our very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which will be a available within minutes. And of course, we're going to share this on social media as well. So you can share it with others as well. Uh, thanks to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Don't forget to do this. Share the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast with others who are interested in growing their careers in radio and audio. They can subscribe anywhere on their smartphone on apple audible spotify and of course we'd be glad to have them please remember this if you don't remember anything else that you heard on this podcast episode be kinder than you have to be thank you for being a part of the radio rally and the encouragers and of course good night